Thank you, Vanessa. John from Wallara poses a very good question. Did 2AM slash TV slash Dollars Tommy tip his Tribune readers slash listeners into show some decorum at sale on Sunday? The horse that he is part owner of um, got up and won. No, John, he didn't. Uh, I found out after the event, like we're finding out right now, but it leads to a further question. With Tommy departing this week, what happens to the Tribune? There's something we're going to have to talk about. Let's get on to my next guest because I'm looking forward to this chat. There's no global game tonight because of the West Indies v Australia coverage, but Daniel Garb and the team are back next Tuesday with the global game here on SEN. Garby, good morning to you. Hello, Maddie. Nice to talk to you, mate. You too. A fair bit to talk about. Let's start, about, uh, let's start with the Marco Rudan blow-up after that loss. Um, I spoke to Broski about this yesterday. I kind of liked it, but he's going to be in trouble offer with a show cause notice. Where do you sit with it? Well, I think there was a little bit of taking one for the team from Mark Rudan. I mean, we know it's been a, a tricky period for the A-League, to say the least. And uh, perhaps, well, the competition is fantastic. The standard of football is really good. Um, some of the crowds are solid. You know, the outside noise and interest in the competition is, uh, has dulled a little bit. I think Mark cares about the league a lot and I think he thought all right well I've, I've got an axe to grind here in terms of the decisions in the game but I'm going off the long run let's, let's make a bit of noise he said that at the beginning of his press conference he said let's breathe some life into this league <laughs> uh, he certainly did that so look I think he, in terms of the decisions obviously you don't want to see referees criticized um, we don't condone that at all in, in any sport but I think he was right I mean I, I thought Valer Germain, who scored the hat-trick and the eventual winner for MacArthur, should have been sent off in the first half. And I think that was a blunder, so I can understand why he was angered by that. And then the winning goal, this is not the referee's fault, but I don't think the ball crossed the line, and we don't have the goal line technology. So that is hugely frustrating. But you can't blame the referees for that. They don't decide which technology goes into a game or not. Um, but I can understand those frustrations. Then the rest of it about there being a stigma attached to his club and people are out to get Western Sydney and stop them from being the big club that came into this competition. That's all personal opinion stuff. And I'm not sure that's the case, but uh, I don't mind him developing a bit of a siege mentality for his club and trying to galvanise them and uh, fighting for his badge and for the people of Western Sydney and for those loyal Wanderers fans. That's what a coach should do from time to time. So I kind of liked it in a perverse manner. I didn't agree with everything that he said, but uh, it's certainly given us plenty of fodder and uh, those sorts of situations in sport from time to time is, is what's necessary to, uh, to lift things up a little bit. So from a, an entertainment point of view, good on him. Yeah, I, look, I agree with everything you've just said. I mean, it makes absolute sense. Take one for the team. There's the passion there. There's the frustration there. Um, you know, it gets us talking. It gets everybody involved. And I've been having a chat this morning around the A-League a leagues and where they're at, and I'll get to that in just a sec. But further, so so then you don't want to you don't want to start questioning the integrity of the officials. That that's where you have to draw the line. So, I guess the question now is uh, the show cause notice. What could be the outcome from that? Who knows? But I mean, Football Australia had to to act in that sense. I mean, a lot of fans have said, you know, why is he being penalised? He's speaking the truth. Well, that's your opinion, and you can't have referees' names being dragged through the mud and. And Marco knows that deep down. And I'm sure there's part of him that, that feels um, a little bit guilty for that. But it was all part of, of what he was doing in the, in the heat of the moment. 
yeah, you would think there would be a fine at the least, potentially a suspension. And, and I can understand why Football Australia need to, to come down and do something in that sense. So I would imagine a fine would be the most likely scenario. Perhaps a one-game ban would be the most extreme. Garby, I'm interested in your opinion on the the article this morning. So by Emma Kemp in the Sydney Morning Herald is one of them. And speaking to Nick Garcia and Stephen Conroy. And look, I like it when sports come out and give us their vision, especially sports that have had a, a, a few kick in the, kicks in the guts along the way. Um, big chunk of the workforce made redundant at the APL. Um, trying to get back on board with all of that digital stuff and everything and their, and their broadcast. Everything's in the mix here. But I've got to say, from a non-football person, but a person who reports on it and watches it closely, I, I don't have any expertise in this area whatsoever. What I would have liked to have seen is them come out and admit that they are an entertainment product and that they need to be in the entertainment business. I got a few mixed messages out of the, we're a football yeah. business, not a media business, we're a development league, um, we're, we're, we're a league for the women's that is potentially a destination league. It seems a little bit muddled for me, and I wonder how many times the A-leagues can do this. It is muddled at the moment, uh, the messaging, for sure. Uh, of course, it's an entertainment business. I think what he was trying to say is we need to focus on the football competition, bring things yeah. back to, to ground zero, if you like, consolidate once more, rather than spending all this money on, on content and a fancy app, albeit one that has... I think a very astute vision and I think that had one that has a sound principle behind it and could have potentially been an accelerator for the game. The whole keep up plan about bringing the entire football community of Australia, which is enormous, but just fragmented together. I like the idea and sometimes you do have to reach for the stars and they did that, but they spent too much money trying to do that too quickly. And unfortunately, the game in this country is not in a position where that can be done. You can't just burn through that money and, uh, and think that everything's going to be OK. So they need to get back now to being to focusing on the football and letting the other stuff just build slowly behind it um, and grow at a reasonable rate. And uh, that has to be the vision and the plan from now on. The decisions that they've made make sense. I think even the people who have been, unfortunately, at the expense of all of this, admit that. But the way in which it's happened is just very sad. And it could have been done so differently and, uh, and far better for the game in this country and for the league in this country. And the sad part about it all, Matty, is that the standard of football is actually really good. And the competition is really exciting. It is tense. It is close. You've got big clubs involved. There's five or six contenders for the title. And we can't talk about that enough. And we can't focus mm. on that enough at the moment and that's really disappointing and a shame for those clubs and the players who are yeah, producing really good content each week and that is entertaining you know it is it is the entertainment industry uh, but they need to focus on that now and if they had done that from the start rather than going all in on something that was a grand plan but ultimately didn't come to fruition it would be in a better place but uh, all you can do is is learn and make the decisions that you need to to, uh, to get back to where you need to get to. And that's obviously what they've done right now. And, yeah, it is a kick in the teeth for, uh, for everyone who loves the game. Yeah, and look, I'm a sport lover, mate, First, just like you. I'm a sport lover first and foremost. We have our own individual sports. But uh, I see this argument here and the emotion around it very similar to, to, say, rugby union, where there are a lot of people who can't wait to put their foot on the neck and, and twist it as hard as they can. Now... 
that's the competitive nature of sports. I don't want to see sports kicked when they're down. I want to see them bounce back up. Do you think the analogy to the NBL is the right one here? I get what Stephen Conroy is trying to say, but the NBL created itself a domestic product that knows what it is, in my opinion, and as an effect of being successful in the NBL, you have international reach and therefore the NBA draft and, and players going to the NBA, I should say. Do you think that's the right analogy? Because Larry Kesselman did that very, very much individually along the way with a heck of a lot of his own money. Is that the yeah. right kind of template to go for or the message to send? It's quite funny. I actually had a coffee with someone literally a half hour ago and I spoke about that exact analogy about the NBL. Now, basketball and, uh, and football are, are in a similar place domestically in Australia in terms of our local leagues, the A-League and the, and the NBL. Um, they're a little bit different in terms of the actual size of the sport. And football is a, a huge sport in this country, as is basketball, of course, but you know, football's got so many different aspects to the pie in Australia, Premier League lovers, international football lovers. The Socceroos and the Matildas are obviously massive brands. The Boomers just don't play enough um, because of the way international basketball is set up. Um, so that it's, it's a much bigger um, sport in Australia when you take into account all of those things, participation numbers, even though basketball is incredibly strong. Um, but yes, the NBL has taken, I think, in hindsight, probably a more sensible approach in terms of the way they build their league. It's step by step. They acknowledge that they're in the most difficult sporting market in the world. You cannot deny that. Australia is the most difficult sporting market in the world. And the, the codes that operate underneath the AFL and the NRL and cricket during the summer, you know, have got to be very careful with the way in which they manage. And if you make one slip-up of every code, rugby union, basketball itself, certainly soccer and others have realised over the journey of the last 20, 30 years or so, one little slip-up, you're in big trouble. And you go all the way yeah. back. And you've got to try to build yourself up again. And I think the NBL definitely in the last five to 10 years has gone about things in a, a pragmatic, sensible approach. And they're in a really good place. The A-League has done that before. I think they tried to reach for the stars recently with, with some plans. They haven't come to fruition. And now you slip back a little bit because it's a mistake. And they've made a few mistakes in, in recent times. And so, yeah, maybe that approach needs to be taken right now. Let's focus on our league. Let's focus on the football um, let's be sensible with our spend and build things up in a really pragmatic manner um, to establish a strong position in an incredibly difficult um, sporting climate that is the, uh, the market here in Australia. 100%. Well said, mate. Time, money, direction, perfection. I guess that's what they're all after and what they all need. Um, great to chat, mate. I, I wish we had more time, but I'll let you go. And thanks so much. Have a good day. No worries. Thanks, Matty. Cheers, mate. Daniel Garb joining us there. We'll be back after this break. Your texts and calls and 2am Tommy as well.